0: Welcome to the Good Robot Andy's Season Eight. Hang on, episode. hang on. I do the intro on this one.
1: It's what? a tech Who's, Why? What? Because it's a, What's, it's a tech one. It's a tech Hello, one. Hello, and welcome to the Good Robot Andy's Season Eight, Episode Six. We must be heading for a mid-season break soon. What do you think? <laughs> or maybe, maybe the couple of weeks when we didn't do one—that was a mid-season. Yeah, that was break. probably it. Yeah. Um. Uh, Yeah, it's a tech podcast. What's it all about, Andy? What are we doing? It's about encryption. But what's encryption, I hear you ask. What is encryption? Yes, you beat me to that one. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Like
0: secret, secret conversations. Secret
1: Um, conversations.
0: And in particular, being able to talk secretly to people like your bank or a shop that you're buying something from without the whole world being able to read your credit card details. Or to
1: talk to your friends on instant messaging apps or to talk to your friends without um, the terrorists listening in. Yes, okay. And um, can you give us an example of a type of encryption that people use every day, even if they don't use instant messaging? Yes. But they've got a computer, obviously. Uh, well, what What do you think they would use? Well, so, I mean,
0: yes, if you're using instant messaging, you're probably using it to, to stop people listening in, but... Um, uh, Almost everyone who uses the internet will use encryption to talk to websites like their banks uh, or anyone else that that they want to keep a secret. And you know you're doing that when there is a little padlock in the corner next to the name of the website, at the very top of the screen, there's a padlock. That means that you're using HTTPS, which just means the secure version of HTTP. HTTP is just how you talk to a website. So HTTPS is the secure Way of talking to a website, um, and the way the the name for what's going on there is, uh, is TLS, which stands for Transport Layer Security, which basically means security. So it's a okay. it's a way of talking to your to this website, like your bank, without someone else listening in.
1: Okay, and can you explain how that works? So I open a browser, I go to my bank's website. There's a padlock in the corner. But how does that work? What's yes, going like, on under the covers?
0: I can explain. It's incredibly easy.
1: Okay. Go um,
0: on then. <laughs> uh, no, it's like really, it's really complicated. So I'm going to do my best to explain a little bit. Okay. But I don't, yeah. I don't understand it brilliantly. Um, so do correct me if I get it wrong, listener. But also, um, if, if you don't understand everything I'm saying, then you're not the only one. I don't understand a lot of it either. So don't worry. Um, but yeah, basically, in order to speak to someone secretly... There's really two things you need. You need to have a way of speaking that no one can listen in on, and you need to know that the person you're speaking to is actually that person and not someone else. So that might kind of be so obvious that you would ignore it in real life. Um but when you're talking to a website, you actually you need some way of confirming that the person you're speaking to is really the person you think it is. Because it's quite easy if there's a, if you can insert yourself into the middle of a conversation, in what what is called a man in the middle attack you can um receive messages from me and pass them on to my bank uh, as if as if you were me and then to get the replies from my bank and pass them back to me so both my bank and i would then think that we were talking to each other uh, via a secure mechanism but actually there'd be someone listening in in the middle if it, that, and so there is a mechanism for preventing that from happening which is confirming that you know who you're speaking to so anyway, the point is, there's two things: there's there's a secret conversation, and there's knowing who you to talk to. And actually, those are separate parts of TLS, which are both important.
1: Okay. And so, when I'm on in my limited understanding of of TLS, mm-hmm. um, I've used something called Let's Encrypt mm-hmm, mm-hmm, to create mm-hmm. things called certificates, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and those certificates sit on a server and they have the same name as the uh, domain that I want to serve up.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so what you're talking about there, so well, a couple of things. So Let's Encrypt is a certificate authority, and certificate authorities are about that first thing I said, well, I don't know whether it was first or second, about that thing I said about knowing who you're talking to. So let's talk about knowing who you're talking to, and then we'll talk about how you do, how you talk secretly. So, yeah, Let's Encrypt is, is one certificate authority, and Different certificate authorities actually have different levels of trust about them. So let's encrypt is it's trustworthy, but it's one of the less trustworthy certificate authorities. Right. For the um, because the most of most certificate authorities actually have quite stringent requirements for verifying who you are. So for example, one of the ones um, that that my company at work would use, we pay them several hundred pounds a year, or possibly more, several thousand pounds a year, maybe. in order for them to verify our identity, and they actually require that we like send them a physical letter with our letterhead on, or you know, the kind of that kind of um, mechanism to confirm that you really exist and you really are who you say you are. Is that
1: Verisign? Is that who you're talking about?
0: Um, Verisign is Somebody a good else. example of one of yeah. those difficult authorities. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, the, basically, the, the, those people's job is to check that people really are who they say they are and then vouch for them. So, okay. Let's Encrypt does the same job, but it does it less well because the way that it validates that you are who you say you are is you, you basically prove that you control a particular domain name. So, uh, um, yes. if so I had it gives a, you a challenge
1: name. request, it gives you a challenge request, doesn't it? When you create a certificate.
0: Yeah. So I, I make a website called, uh, andy'swebsite.com. If I can, if I can create a little page somewhere under andy'swebsite.com. Um, that says that, that contains some information that Let's Encrypt gives me, then Let's Encrypt, Let's Encrypt believes me when I say that's my domain name. And then they'll, they will be my certificate authority. But that wouldn't work for one of these, um, more stringent certificate authorities who therefore we trust a bit more because they're, uh, they're more stringent. I would have to send them a letter or do something and I have to pay them money to, to prove that I really am who I say I am. None of this explains how this actually works. So that's just the kind of human bit, um, Behind certificate authorities, how certificate authorities actually work, is basically through like a fundamental mechanism of cryptography that I think I should probably explain, uh, which yes. is public public key cryptography. So stay with me. This is going to get this is going to be one of the more um, actual cryptography bits of what we're talking about. Cryptography is the same thing as encryption, by the way. It's just um, it's just like the mathematical term for it. So. Um, in order, in order for a certificate authority to, um, prove that you are who you say you are, they need to grant you a thing called a certificate. Now, the whole, the fundamental thing for how this whole mechanism works is something called public key cryptography, which basically means you, you can, you, we need to have this idea that there are some mathematical operations or computer, um, operations that are harder to do in one direction than another direction. So the example that everyone uses is um, it's quite easy to multiply two very large numbers by each other and get an answer. It's not that easy, but it's pretty easy. It's pretty much a mechanical process. It takes a predictable amount of time to multiply together two numbers and get the answer. But if if someone gives you a big number that was created by multiplying two big numbers together and says to you, tell me which two numbers you used to multiply together, to get this number, that is a considerably harder operation. Now, obviously, if you work hard enough, you can eventually find the answer, but it's way, way harder than doing it in the opposite direction. Now, why is any of this of any interest at all? Well, it's of interest because, um, once you have this kind of one-way operation, um, you can start sharing information kind of selectively without giving everything, giving away the whole secret. So, if I have a if I have a uh, uh, something that's equivalent to this multiplying of two numbers together, I've got two sides to that. I've got the two numbers, which are the the hard to find out information, and then I've got the the final answer of multiplying them together, and that's the easy um, that's like the, the straightforward piece of information. So the basically the large number we call a public key. And the the two numbers I use to multiply together to get that number we call the private key. So as as the name implies, I keep the private key secret um, but I can make the public key available to anyone. Now so what that means is if you've got my public key, you can send me information using my public key, which no one let me get this right. Which no one else can read. So you can use my public key to encrypt that information. In a way that only I can read because only I have the private key, the two numbers that we use to multiply together. So essentially it's very easy for you to, um, to encrypt information for me using the public key, but it's, it's very difficult for anyone else to decrypt that information, to read that information Mm -hmm. without the private Mm
1: key.
0: So that kind of asymmetrical setup is behind this whole, all of this stuff. So the, Without actually getting into exactly what it really means, I aware that I'm going to be skimming over stuff here, and you're going to have to just trust me and also understand That's that okay. I don't really I was going to ask it. a question though. I was go going on, to ask go a on. question there, Actually,
1: <laughs> so what you're describing there is also used in something called Secure Shell. That's right. Communication. That's right. So yeah, that asymmetric yeah, yeah, yeah. public private key authentication uh, is is also used in, um, for example, things like GitHub, or Git yeah uh, transactions whereby um github has a record of public keys then the private keys are used to to send and receive information and it's all That's securely right. done
0: yeah yeah exactly so so or, like almost all the encryption that we use in day-to-day life is based on that fundamental principle and then that gets re- that that public private key thing gets reused in all kinds of clever ways to do different things yes. so one of them to do that secure shell thing that 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 information is then used in order to negotiate like a, a shared secret that you then um, use to encrypt your uh, information back and forth for that one conversation. So the way it's used for um, signing, digitally signing certificates to verify someone's identity is that um, somewhere, literally in a vault somewhere, is, is the private key of one of these certificate authorities. And basically no one can ever... Look at that. It's just kept really 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 secret it's a disaster if anyone it finds like, it. Is it
1: like the Nigel Nigel Tufnell's guitar? <laughs> no, don't even look at it. Don't don't touch it. Don't don't even look at it.
0: Yeah, it's like super secret. Like it because if yeah. one of these something like 33% of all websites are assigned by one certificate authority. So if it's right. so a they're significant private, private number, key, yeah. Got leaked. All of those websites would have to redo their stuff, and in the meantime, they'd be insecure. So somewhere, that, somewhere in a the safe, there is this private key, and then uh, they use that key to generate a load more private keys. Um, and if I if I skim over how they do that, it's because I can't remember slash don't know. <laughs> and then and then uh, they use these these private keys. They use from time to time, and then they throw them out after a while. Um, right. But that means that if any of those leaks, it's not quite so bad. And then when you, as the person who owns a website, says, please, could you um, like, grant me a certificate? What they actually do is, is generate another private key for you um, that will only last for a certain amount of time. So with Let's Encrypt, it only lasts three months. Three months, and yeah, that's right. With other authorities, it lasts a bit longer because they've got more trust that you really are who you say you are.
1: Yeah, so I think if you pay up for one, it lasts a year, then you have to renew it. Quite often, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. And
0: they can last different amounts of time. But the reason they last, an only a finite amount of time, is partly just because you, even if you trust someone right now, you may not trust them in a little while longer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the main reason is, um, like I said, these numbers, these public, you know, generating the, um, uh, doing the hard calculation is hard, but it's not impossible. So if your if your public private key lasts forever. Eventually, someone can just keep churning through numbers until they break it, yeah, so part of the fundamental thing of uh, this public private key stuff is that you're um it, you're you can't just use the same public key forever because eventually someone will be able to crack it and find your private key by just churning through numbers, so you have to have yeah. this timing mechanism included anyway, okay, so all of this happens eventually, they give you a certificate, and because of this asymmetrical thing um your web browser has a whole load of um, keys inside it which it knows are valid keys for the particular certificate authorities that it trusts so like firefox or chrome or internet explorer or whatever inside them they've got this list of, of people they trust and they've got these keys so when when you give up your key as the owner of a website to the person who's using their web browser to access the website they can see because you used your key to generate the information you're sending, they can validate that because they've got the easy side of the um, uh, uh, the easy difficult stuff. Um, they can they can validate yes that that certificate that they're using has been signed by this person that I trust, who's one of the certificate authorities.
1: Okay, so every browser provider provides the easy part of the answer for you. Automat they have to do that presumably
0: yeah or rather they can do the easy the easy sum basically so they the easy they sum checking checking that your that that this website really is who they say they are or really is signed by who they say they're signed by is yeah. is the equivalent of doing the easy sum you take you take the information that the browser already has because it just knows who it trusts combine it with the certificate you've been given do that sum. And that, which is relatively easy, and then you can check, yep, they, the answer checks out. So they really are okay. by who they say
1: they are. Okay. And sometimes a uh, listener might have noticed this, is that they go to an HTTPS site and it says, this site may not be secure mm-hmm. or something like mm-hmm. that. And in Chrome, you can bypass that and you can carry on and, and uh, some browsers, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so what's going on there when it's like that?
0: So there's different reasons for that. So one of them we've already talked about, if the certificate has expired, um then the browser is going to tell you that. And that basically means that's not that serious a problem. It just means um at one point this was a trustworthy certificate, but it hasn't been renewed. So it's definitely feasible that someone might have cracked it in the meantime or mm. some other thing might have gone wrong with the relationship. You know, maybe that person isn't trustworthy anymore so they've stopped trusting them. So it's kind of um it's not trustworthy, it's not as bad. But the other thing that can happen when you go to a website that you um, haven't been to before, or, well, even worse, if you go to a website you have been to before, but suddenly you get this new error, if mm. the error says this is a self-signed certificate or something like that, yeah. what that actually means is um, the the owners of the website are not using a certificate authority that your web browser trusts. So one yes. situation where that might happen would be you've got an old web browser and it doesn't have the certificates of some new certificate authority Mm-hmm. For example, in which case encrypt. you should
1: not use that um, old web browser.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a good, very good reason not to use an old web browser. Yeah, yeah. Um, or, or it might be that the the person isn't using a valid certificate authority, and maybe they're so it's self signed. Yeah, maybe they're being their own certificate authority, which basically means they made up some private keys out of nowhere and then they signed their own key with that.
1: But um, that, that won't give you a secure means. connection, though, will it?
0: well what that means is so this is interesting is it secure or not so if you go to the website of someone that you know and yeah. they tell you oh it's fine i'm using a self signed certificate and you, and you're fairly sure that you're really going to their website and not someone else's website pretending to be yeah. theirs then that that basically is secure because you trust that the authority that signed the certificate right it was signed by them and you trust them so in theory um, yeah um, it's fine. Now, in practice, it's not fine because everyone who's at all trustworthy doesn't use a self-signed certificate. They use a certificate authority. Now, yes. sli- slight deviation here into a new thing, uh, which is a bit like the internet, uh, a bit like the World Wide Web, but different, which is called Gemini, which some people of are, are launching. Yeah. It's basically an old school web where you don't have any of these annoying videos or adverts or anything. It's just text. Uh, and it's for proper geeks. It's really fun and exciting. So one of the interesting things about Gemini from this point of view is that it uses, I've forgotten the name of the, um, the trust scheme, but basically the first time you go to the website, you just assume they're fine. So you trust them, even if they're using a self-signed certificate. And actually the, the, um, the normal behavior is that everyone will use self-signed certificates. But once you've seen them once, you store that certificate. And then next time you go there, you verify it's still the same. So essentially, the first time you go to a website, you just assume it's fine. Uh, but from then on, you can verify, I'm still talking to the same person I was talking to last time. Right. And that is considered good enough um, in that kind of homemade um, web, where we don't want to have to trust some nasty corporate certificate authority. We'd rather <laughs> trust the ordinary people. <laughs> uh, so that's pretty cool. Um but i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't trust a bank to do my banking just because the first time i went there they were the same person they are now you know i'd want more confirmation yeah yeah that, or, that a bank or a shop really was that bank or that shop before i spoke to them okay so that is that's a very bad and incomplete explanation of certificate authorities and how you check who someone is and why they're important uh but hopefully a reasonable explanation of why it's important but the other part of tls once you know who you're talking to is to actually talk to them uh secretly yes. without someone else listening in so i guess the just to go over the reasons why you might want to do that the main uh, it's kind of obvious like if you're sending your credit card details to someone because you want to buy something you don't want someone else listening in um but it's also worth talking about other situations where you might not want people to do listening. For example, if people can just track your activity on the internet, they can use that to manipulate your behavior and target adverts at you and and ways of trying to change your behavior, which which is the kind of behavior we talked about in one of our previous tech podcasts. We did, yes. uh, That is very negative. So it's actually a campaign called um, Encrypt Everything or something, which is basically trying to say everyone should use TLS for every website to prevent people from tracking your behaviour. So just to give a tiny little aside on that, um, if you you use TLS to talk to a website, no one can see which part of that website you're going to or any of the information about the pages that you're looking at or the information you're sending to that website, but they can see what domain name you went to. So they can see that you went to, you know, barclaysbank.com, but they can't see what page within there that you went to. Um, So there's actually another campaign going on to try and encrypt that information as well, um, which is which is trying to send even the DNS request, which is their website name, over an encrypted connection as well. But I won't and talk is, any more about that.
1: This is to prevent companies that like to mine data, so Google, yeah. Facebook, from mining the data and then targeting you with ad, adverts.
0: Yeah, and trying to manipulate your behaviour in whatever way or yeah. doing anything, yeah. or even um, blackmail you or prevent you accessing certain websites or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we won't talk any more about that, because that's too much of a distraction. But yeah, you can also encrypt even that information. And uh, Firefox comes with the ability to use encrypted DNS out of the box. Yeah, you have to change some settings in some countries. In some countries it comes with that turned on by default, presumably because the the government in that in that region is not considered trustworthy.
1: Encrypted
0: anyway. DNS? So what so what what is encrypted DNS? Very quickly. So that's that is essentially not revealing the names of the websites that you're going to, even right. like mybank.com part of it. That's so they're not very revealing interesting. anything. Yeah. yeah that's you can do cool. that in Firefox now. You have to find the setting. Hmm. There's problems with that because actually the, the encrypted DNS goes to Cloudflare um when you use that in firefox and some people don't trust cloudflare but that's a whole other thing That's anyway. a whole thing. so let's get okay. on to yeah. one bit of me which is how do you have a secret conversation um with your bank now that you know you're talking to your bank
1: yeah so you open your browser mm-hmm. you go to your bank's website
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: got a padlock it's your browser a says i've got the easy part of the question Mm-hmm. Have you got the difficult part? And the bank says, yeah, I have actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. here you go. Here's the difficult part. Your browser says, okay, I know you. I trust you. Yeah. We can connect securely.
0: And it shows you a padlock. Um, yep. And it's actually a different color padlock depending on how much uh, your browser trusts. That's a difficult Oh, authority. I didn't know that. Okay. And if it's so if, if it's, it's green, green and it's got a name next to it, it's it's a bit more trustworthy.
1: Okay. So we're Anyways. currently talk to each other, talking to each other using Jitsi, mm-hmm. and it's got a black padlock with no name next to it.
0: Yeah, it probably uses Let's Encrypt. I mean, most people use Let's Encrypt, um, which is fine. Let's Encrypt is good.
1: I'm actually just looking it up to see. You Listener, can, you, you can, can click do this. on the padlock. It's using DigiCert, DigiCert Inc.,
0: Right, right, right. I want, that may be what Let's Encrypt uses underneath. I'm not sure because I, I don't
1: know. I don't know. So, listener, no, you can do that not. in your browser, even on your mobile device. You can do it.
0: Click the padlock, but only uh, if there's a padlock somewhere else on the screen. Don't click that. You have to click the padlock right up at the top next to the web address. Next it's usually to the on the HTTP.
1: left-hand side of the address, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Anyway. So you anyway,
0: So let's. I'm going to try, and again, I don't understand that well, but I'm going to try and explain. So the way you end up with secret communication between two computers is they have to have a secret that they both know that they use to encrypt the information that they send back and forth. So mm. the way to think about this is a code book. So when you're talking to someone else, if you use a really, really simple code, for example, let's say... Instead of writing the letter A, I'm going to write the letter P, and instead of writing the letter B, I'm going to write the letter Q, and so on. Or you know, some some code like that. So that's your code book. So that is the shared secret. Like if someone else got hold of your code book, they could read your stuff. Yeah. So that's a that's called a shared secret. So we need to establish some kind of shared secret without anyone else being able to get it. So we need to be able to talk to each other and somehow we both end up with the shared secret without anyone who's listening in being able to get it. And yeah. the way we do that is totally cool, which is why I really want to make sure we include this in the podcast. Okay, yep. So the, the the way this is done, is called a Diffie-Hellman key exchange.
1: I've seen this, yes, Diffie-Hellman.
0: <laughs> and yeah. uh, actually Hel- it was Hellman who said it should have been called Diffie-Hellman-Merkel key exchange. So I must say that.
1: So there must have been a uh, third person Merkel. involved in that that Merkel has not in- been credited.
0: Apparently Ralph Merkel invented public key cryptography so he really deserved it.
1: Oh wow. Okay. Anyway.
0: Anyway, so he's the, been airbrushed
1: best... out of history. Why? <laughs> Why <so>. is this? <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so the Diffie-Hellman Key
0: Exchange. Like I think probably some people use something that is that is not exactly the Diffie-Hellman Key Exchange, but it's 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 based on the same idea. So I'm just gonna try and explain to you the Diffie Hellman Key Exchange. Okay. So I know I know that I'm talking to someone else. I know I know that they're the right person. Now I need to get a shared key a shared secret um that both i and the other person have and no one else has even though someone else might be listening okay because we haven't got we haven't got encrypted communication yet we're still trying to figure out the encrypted communication so what we do is we agree in a publicly visible way on a a number a, thi- a like let's call it a, a, like a public secret or like a public key or, you know, some, some piece of, them. so we're just going to agree on a number that is going to start off our process. Now, the way that people generally explain Diffie Hellman is using paint colors. Okay. Yeah. So even though it's a podcast, I'm going to use paint colors to try and explain this, even though a diagram would really help. Strap yourself so, in, listener. Here we so go. Strap yourself in. So mm. we agree every time we talk, we choose a different common paint color, right? A common, okay. this, this common public publicly visible key so we have a public conversation public as in anyone could be listening maybe no one's listening but there could be someone listening we're going to agree on a color of paint and it's going to be different every time we talk because then no one can like come along and like um grad you do enough maths to figure out what what really happened underneath so we choose a different color each time that means they have to reset all that number crunching back so let's imagine we choose the color yellow yellow so we we I, I say to you, oh, Andy, should we just use yellow? And you go, oh, yeah, let's use yellow. And then, you know, someone might be listening, but we've agreed on yellow. Then what happens is we both choose a secret colour, which no one else must know. Ah. So I am going to choose red and you are going to choose blue. I've okay, chosen blue. Don't tell anyone. Oh, no. We've, it's we've too both, late. <laughs> we've both chosen a secret colour. So what we do then is we mix the public colour with the secret colour. Ooh. Okay. And that is one of these operations that is hard to reverse. So it's easy yeah. to do for us, but it's hard to reverse. So the assumption in this whole paint analogy is if you see a mixed paint, you can't figure out what colours it was made of. Mm. Now obviously in real life you can, but let's pretend that you can't. Okay. So let's
1: pretend you can't, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So you mix you mix your colours, what do you get?
1: Uh oh I have to think about my primary colours now. <laughs> blue and red. Blue and yellow. Blue and yellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> so I don't know what that is. No, I've no idea. No.
0: Well let's just say like a pale blue, right? So yeah, you, okay. mix, you mix the public colour with your secret colour. and you got I can look color.
1: it up whilst you're talking?
0: And then I mix the public colour with my secret colour. My secret colour was red, so I came up with orange. Right. So so now you've got this kind of light blue. This bluey, yellowy colour. I've got this orange colour. So those are our, um. Green. Those by are the way. Oh, oh, is it just green? Okay. Blue fine. and yellow so, is green. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And okay. And paint. Yeah. Okay. We're talking paint. so it's fine. Okay. So you, you've got green and I've got orange. So those, we're allowed to share those. No one will find out our secret colours by looking at those because people, we assume you can't look at a mixed colour and find what it's made of. So I'm then going to pass you my orange paint. Yes, you're going to pass me your green paint. Here you go. And even someone someone might be listening, but it's okay. They can't tell what our secret colours were. No. So now I've got your blue, and you've got my orange. Sorry, I've got your green, and you've got my orange. <laughs> so now we're both going to mix our the paint that that we were we were given with our secret colour. Whoa! Right. So hang on. I, I thought g- we'd already done that. No, no. We we mixed we mixed the public colour. With ah. our secret colour. Okay. And then we passed it to each other. Now we've got the one that we got passed. So now I've mm. got the one you passed me, which was green. Yes. And you've got the one I passed you, which was orange. Yes. Can you see how this is so not the analogy to use on a <laughs> podcast? <laughs> anyway. So now I'm going to mix that thing you passed me with my secret colour.
1: Okay. I get and you're going to mix. Yeah.
0: And you're going to mix the thing I passed you with your secret colour. Okay. So now I've got a mixture of yellow, blue and red because mm. it's, it's it's your secret colour and my secret colour and the public colour. And you have got a mixture of yellow, red and blue. Ah. And those are the same as each other because we've both got all three colours mixed together.
1: Right.
0: So now we've both got... That mixture of colours, even though we never publicly said our secret colour to anyone, I feel like maybe I've lost you. <laughs> I'm
1: making your too. mind. I'm making your mind blown. My mind is blown. Yeah, it's late. We. Yeah, yeah. This is the third so, time we we tried to record this. So it's <laughs> quite late.
0: So uh, yeah, so we met. We agreed on the public colour yellow. Then I mixed it that with my secret, which was red. And then I gave it to you and you mixed it with your secret, which was blue. So now you've yes. got a mixture Green. of yellow. You've got a mixture of yellow, red and blue. Okay. Yeah. And meanwhile, we agreed on the p- color yellow. You mixed it with blue and passed it to me. And then I mixed it with red. So I have got the same mixture of colors as you now. Okay. But without anyone mm. ever seeing my secret color or your secret color.
1: Mm. So it's so the secret that- color that's the important thing.
0: So that, yeah, not telling anyone the secret color is important, but not the secret color is not the important thing. The important thing is that we now have the same color as each other, even though part of that is secret. Mm. So we I now know that I've got the same color as you, even though I have no idea what your secret color is. Right. So okay. now we've got the same color as each other. That color is our shared secret. So what's his position, Andy? Fans <laughs> <coughs> of fans of the podcast
1: will know will know that reference, yeah. That's that's, so now, why, that's where I feel like I am right now.
0: So we're both sitting there. We're both sitting <laughs> yes. there with a pot of a pot of paint that we know is the same color as each other's, but we also know that no one who was listening to our conversation will know knows what it is what color we've we've both got yeah only okay. the two of us know
1: <clears throat> so it's at that point that the secure communication can begin
0: so now we've got a shared secret which is like our code book and then we can just use that code book to talk to each other
1: right okay
0: so that the really clever part is this how do you end up with a shared secret when you're talking to each other over an insecure line where anyone could be listening
1: yeah yeah
0: and the way you do it is it's effectively so whenever i said mixed colours is essentially a bit like multiplying, you know, it's some kind of mathematical operation mm. that is easy to do in one direction and hard to do in the other direction. Okay. Which yeah. is what I was trying to get at with the whole public key cryptography thing.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: So now you've got a shared so, secret, you can talk to each other
1: secretly. Yeah. No, it's, it's very cool. And and it does kind of make sense of, and that that happens very quickly when you connect to a site, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, much, much
0: slower than if you don't do it. So if you connect to a website that doesn't have a padlock, yes, um, you'll be talking to that website within you know, a couple of milliseconds. Yeah. And in fact, no, it's probably even faster than that. So anyway, to, to do that TLS negotiation takes quite a bit of back and forth between your browser and the website. Fast enough yes. that you don't notice, but slow enough that it's quite a bit slower.
1: And is the... Okay, so the TLS encryption bit, mm-hmm. does that happen using your... Machine's CPU, basically.
0: Yeah, both and both you it, and, and is the server. is that
1: why less powerful computers or tablets are slower at the internet than others because of the the TLS is is a bit intensive. Um, yeah, it
0: does use some CPU, but it's um, it's nothing like as much as say like displaying the page on the screen or something. Okay. Like that. So it's probably not a big effect.
1: And once that exchange happens does does anything else happen after that or is it uh once that secure channel is made then it doesn't get done again unless you go to another page, maybe. Would it change then? Or is the, is so, the security mm-hmm. on the site rather than the page?
0: Mm-hmm. So I think it's basically for one, what you would call session, which is essentially, it could be a few hours or a few minutes of, of browsing. I don't remember the exact details of that. So I think you'll be using the same, I'm not certain of this, someone might correct me. I think you'll be using that same shared secret for the whole of that session. Um, it is really important that you don't reuse it next time because, like I said, if someone's given enough time to churn the numbers, they they will eventually okay. crack it. So, so that, mm.
1: sorry, sorry, I'm interrupting again. So, no, um, no, no. I'm you go to, to your you. bank, you do some stuff, mm-hmm. you then close the browser or you close the tab. Then you think, oh no, I need to do something else. So you go back to it again, and presumably, uh, the exchange happens, but it's a different secret color this time. Yeah.
0: I would I would very much uh think so, yeah. And I actually think when when a bank logs you out it may well be also that it, it does that. Yeah. yeah that may okay. be separate. That may be a totally separate mechanism, I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay.
1: Now that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. So just in terms of um how long keys last for, there's another interesting thing, which is something called forward secrecy. Which is essentially Forward secrecy. Yeah. So this is more important for chat applications and there's actually um The uh, WhatsApp and Signal and some other instant messaging clients, they Mm -hmm. use something called the Signal Protocol, which was invented by the people who made Signal, which, by the way, doesn't that mean that you should probably use Signal, given that they invented the protocol? Anyway. um, (laughs) No, because none of my friends are on it. Anyway. um, So uh, one of the things that the Signal Protocol gives you is something called forward secrecy. So what that means is even if someone um, cracks your key so they get hold of your secrets, they won't be able to talk to you and pretend to be you in future. They'll only be able to read the message that that key was relevant uh-huh, to at a okay. particular time. <clears throat> now, I'm not exactly sure how that works, but it's essentially <laughs> um, about throwing away those those shared secrets, right? So right. you um, you only use that shared secret for a very limited amount of time. I believe, actually, in Signal messages, it's actually literally just one message that goes back and forth using that shared secret. And then for the next message, it'll be a different one. Okay. Okay. I believe. Okay. Right. So the idea with that protocol, and there's also some kind of stuff about going backwards as well. If someone cracks your key at a particular time, they shouldn't be able to read your old messages or your new messages using it.
1: Hmm. So it's very secure.
0: Yeah. And I, and if easy. I'm being vague about that, it's because I really, that's about as much as I understand. Fair enough. Fair enough.
1: Okay. So I think that listener has now has a uh, a thumbnail sketch of TLS.
0: Yeah. It involves so the paint. key. The key, the key idea to remember is that there's, there are these calculations that are easy to do in one direction and hard to do in the opposite direction. And because of that kind of asymmetricality, you can set up all kinds of weird, um, clever ways of exchanging information that ends up where where only the person you intended to be able to read that message can read it.
1: Yeah, okay. Excellent. And email, as we know, from uh, the the US election (laughs) from 2016 is not secure. Yeah, you can
0: have... um, you can encrypt your email using public key cryptography. So you can, if you know someone else's public key. So if I know your public key, yeah, I can send an email which only you can read. Okay. And if you know my public key, I can send an email and you can check it was really from me.
1: Right. Okay.
0: So those two things can happen, but no one does them, and therefore they essentially can't happen. Because if I sent you an encrypted email, you'd be like, "Huh? I can't what do read I do with this, this? email? <laughs> yes. What's this?" Well, and yeah. the other problem is that even if it's encrypted on the way through, in order to talk to the the last the last final bit of an, your email program, um, it it might not be encrypted. So there's these there's people, or it might not be encrypted on your computer. So there's there's providers who will do email for you, like Proton Mail, um, and it will be encrypted all the way through, and it will never become unencrypted even when you read it. Like obviously, it's right. in, Like. It's unencrypted as in you can see it. Yes. But it's never stored on any computer unencrypted because Proton ProtonMail store it on their servers in its encrypted form. Encrypted
1: form, right.
0: Um but that's essentially not email then. If you if you have to go to a website to read it, that's not email anymore. That's a website, right? So
1: Yes. It's it's um, TLS it over count. a website. Yeah. yeah,
0: it doesn't really count.
1: No. Okay. That is very interesting. No, I, I'm that was a good one. I enjoyed that. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, I'm sorry that I can't explain it less confusingly. If I understood it better, I'm sure I could.
1: Well, listener, I'm sure that um, you know. Bonus points if you understood the um, what's his position line from me. But I did find. <laughs> I, did, I think I finally understood the thing about the the, um, the private paint color.
0: Diffie Hellman key exchange.
1: Diffie Hellman. So yes, listener, uh, if you want more of this in the future, <laughs> if you want to know more it. about TLS. <laughs> Then let us know.
0: Yeah, or if you just wish that I'd done a bit more research before,
1: before I started <laughs> talking. I just realised, actually, um, I do have a bit of any other business. <laughs> uh, some some sad news. I mean, it, it happened a while ago now because we haven't done one of these for a while. <laughs> um, and that is David Prowse died, who Who's played that? Darth Vader. Oh, right, right, right! Great big tall Bristolian. Man who spoke Mm -hmm. with a very strong Bristol accent. Yeah, even when he was in the the Darth Vader suit. (laughs) Um. Uh. Yeah. So he had he had an amazing career as Vader. Yeah. 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 Did very well out of it and was very happy with it. You know, unlike people who kind of are a bit sniffy about the whole thing. You know, he embraced the whole thing. Right. He was also the Green Cross man. Oh yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah yeah so he dressed up in spandex and helped kids to cross the road safely, <laughs> so yeah, he very sadly died not that not that recently actually, <laughs> but i didn 't talk about it last time mm. um, Other news is that we we've we 've done some moonlighting
0: yes, we have
1: um so we uh, appeared on the disc dump podcast and mm-hmm. um, we talked about a Tony Scott movie with uh, Denzel Washington from, like, the early 2000s called Man on Fire, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is uh, very good, but very long. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's going to come out this week, if not this week, then next week, and you'll find out whether Miles, who is the host of the disc dump, is he going to keep it or is he going to dump it? You'll find out.
0: Miles was uh, slightly confused because although... Andy had done his research and had arrived Watched it the, at the day recording before. Yeah. Uh, ready to talk about the movie I followed our usual pattern of not having a clue about anything <laughs> and then tried to tried to sort of bluff it slightly um, and have something interesting to say during the podcast but really failed so um, it, I don't think a, you did fail so just just for the sort of curiosity factor listener it might be worth listening to the distant podcast yeah uh,
1: to it's to good actually yeah I listen yeah, to it, it fun. regularly. It's uh, Miles is a good guy. Yeah, so it's a fun um, thing to do. So we're we're on that. So basically, what it means is you get two lots of us in your ears this week if it comes out this week.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is a, I mean that's a, quite a treat.
1: It is. Yeah. I mean, some in some societies that would be considered to be Christmas.
0: <laughs> Have you watched anything good lately, Andy?
1: Uh oh. That's a good question. So been watching Shits Creek on uh-huh. on Netflix. That's great. Really, really enjoy Shits Creek. Yeah, I'm glad I went for it. I'm glad it's more than just a silly name for a show. Yeah. There's so much more to it than that.
0: Yeah, that's really good. We um we allowed our Netflix I- subscription to expire. Yes, you did. Which was a point of personal pride for me. Yes. But before we allowed it to expire we finished watching Call My Agent. Oh, I've have heard you, that's have good. Have you heard the chatter about Call My Agent? No,
1: I've heard it's good though. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's it's a French series with subtitles. Yes. Um about some actors' agents um in Paris. And it is excellent.
1: Okay. And it's subtitled.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. so it's really engaging. Um, really fun and it does the thing actually it's a kind of similar thing to what Shit's Creek does although less extreme which is that many of the characters are quite unsympathetic and yet you grow to love them now I think Shit's Creek does that massively yeah um, Call My Agent does that more subtly but yeah the characters are flawed but they're also a family and they, they're also they also kind of love each other even when they hate each other and it's it's really touching from that point of view it's, yeah it's okay. really great Call my agent. Call my agent. In French, what are we, it appears yeah. to be called des poissons, as in 10%. Oh, des
1: um, Oh, des oh, um, Because <laughs> We just they alienated our French the, listeners uh, there. We, we, yeah, all of them. <coughs> all one of them, or none of them. Um, um, what yeah, else is new? So we've been, we've been watching Raimi on uh, Channel 4. Wait, oh, yeah, what's that? Which is uh, a show very much like... Uh, probably another show that you haven't seen called Dave that was on BBC Two. Um, okay, so Raimi is about a an American Muslim guy and all the stuff that goes along with being an American Muslim in uh, okay. mod- modern America. Uh-huh. It's very, very good. It reminds me a lot of Dave. It reminds, it reminds me a lot of Jewish comedy in a way. Okay. And that there's a kind of shared uh, family stuff going on and mother kind of trying to guilt the children into doing stuff basically (laughs) and making sure that they're being fed and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, It's really good. It's really, really good. Very thought provoking and funny as well. It's a comedy. So that, that's good. Raimi is good. Um, The Great is fantastic. That's also on channel four. Oh yeah. People have been saying that's good. It's very, very good. It's very irreverent. It goes Mm. to some quite extreme places Mm-hmm. in terms of like comedy and also drama. Nicholas Holt is in it as Peter, not Peter the Great, Peter, the Tsar. And Elle Fanning is Catherine, who would be Catherine the Great.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: it's very, very good.
0: We've also been watching the second series of Staged.
1: Very good. Yeah, I enjoyed that. With yeah. David More Tennant. More stars.
0: And what's his name?
1: <clears throat> Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen. Who is the Welsh David Tennant. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah very um, both of them are kind of lampooning themselves in a very good oh yeah uh, way and, yeah, it's
1: good natured uh, isn't it I like it yeah um, I don't think anything else I don't think we've watched well actually no that's not true we subscribe to Disney Plus Mm-hmm. so we've been watching a lot of Disney Plus oh, yeah. what have you been watching on there uh, a show called WandaVision which okay. is a uh, a marvel show which is excellent
0: really because my son's paying for disney plus at the moment and we looked on it and can't see anything we want to watch really yeah okay it's all just like comic stuff
1: no it's not just comic stuff there's a lot oh. of stuff on there yeah yeah not a content I can't find anything. <laughs> okay but but coming this month is um they're launching a new channel as uh-huh. part of when you go to disney plus there's various channels in there they're launching a new one called Star, which okay. contains a lot of um, Fox content because obviously they acquired 20th Century Fox. Okay. So there'll be stuff like the Alien movies, there'll be um, Die Hard, etc.
0: Right, also just loads of films. Loads okay. and loads oh, of content and, and
1: TV content as well that Fox mm-hmm, used mm-hmm, to show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think I think some of Joss Whedon. Oh, actually, Joss Whedon's been in the news this week for all the wrong yes. reasons. Yeah. Um, I'm sure listeners can, can look that up Listener, I mean he can still be a hero he's just you know just another man basically with problems with issues um, but I think some of his shows were on Fox so yeah, maybe yeah, they'll yeah. turn up on Disney Plus mm. yeah I really uh, like Dollhouse
0: yeah. I really wish there was more Dollhouse
1: I'm not surprised it got cancelled though It was—it just didn't go anywhere, Dollhouse I liked it Yeah It didn't go anywhere though It's a dead end <laughs> <laughs> Okay, if you say so I do, yeah Okay, thanks That's no, okay It's no problem <laughs> You didn't make it, you know You just like it Yeah <laughs> Yeah Yeah
0: Yeah That's true <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's only my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, anyway, it was... Yeah, I just feel
1: a bit sad about that, yeah. The, the whole Joss Whedon thing. Yeah. Yeah, it is sad, yeah. And uh, it, it's interesting that that people have come forward, other people have come forward to say, yeah, mm. I'm corroborating that. And yeah, I understand why... we
0: watching um, Buffy with with my daughter and my son. and my oh, yeah. daughter at the moment. Really yeah. enjoying it, and it's yeah. just really soured that, but, yeah. but I
1: don't mm-hmm. think it does. Though I think, I think that now that we know that that stuff was going on, I don't think I don't think it sours it particularly. Really,
0: you think we can just separate the work from yeah? The, I think you can the sphere under which it was created.
1: I think you can. Yeah, and um, I think that there are people who ask the question, "Well, why don't these people say anything at the time?" It's like because they can't. Because mm. if they do, they'll get fired, and they'll never work in. They'll never work again because that's how the entertainment business works. That's how Harvey yeah, I, Weinstein got away with it for so long.
0: Yeah, I was interested in how reticent people were about coming forward, even now, so long after. Yeah, so long after that show, at least.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah,
0: mean, I, I had. A, I was always. I was, I've been disappointed with Joss Whedon for a while because I feel like, after he did, things like Buffy and Dollhouse and um, Thingy, the. Um, Wild Western Fire Space Flying. Yeah, yeah, I Fire quite like
1: I quite like the movie. I didn't like the T V show much.
0: I liked both a lot. Mm. Uh and then he started doing like these Avengers things which are really boring.
1: Yeah, you think they're boring, but you're wrong. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well you're not wrong. I just disagree with you.
0: Yeah. They're really yeah. boring though.
1: They're not though. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of that on disney plus (laughs) yeah well this is yeah yeah this is the problem it's not a problem (laughs) it just is what it is
0: yeah quite boring (laughs) speaking of things we disagreed on we're planning we we got interstellar for my son for Christmas. And we haven't oh, watched yeah. it yet, but we're planning to watch that together.
1: Okay. So I'm I'm really planning. Are you gonna be tight are you gonna be tight lipped whilst you watch it or are you gonna yeah. mock it as you as you I am it?
0: planning to like really really make an effort to enjoy it. Okay. So when I was watching it before, I I drunk quite a lot of wine. My wife was really bored. <laughs> she was sort of humping. Yeah. Um so this time I'm not gonna drink any wine. I'm gonna concentrate and really do my best to enjoy it. And then I'll get back to you about... Enjoy the spectacle. About it.
1: If if nothing else, enjoy the spectacle and the humanity of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Thinking
0: <clears throat> back over it, I think there's plenty to like. It's very. So I'm I, determined I it to give it a proper mo- go.
1: I found it to be very moving. <clears <clears throat> 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 Excuse me. <clears throat> and and it, as long as I didn't think too hard. Thing,
0: yeah, I just have to live with the whole...
1: It's very silly but it For kind sure, of works it works as a conceit but it is silly definitely but i think it works because the performances are so strong mhm and um yeah
0: and it's it's slow moving as well and i think it, it, like i think we're going in with expectations i'll do better so i'm expecting it to be slow moving because that's kind of what it deliberately is yeah and i'm not expecting some clever thing at the end because it's silly like you say so if i can just live with it being what it is anyway i'll let you know hopefully it's i'll It's definitely
1: enjoy it. sci-fi fantasy you know it's yeah you know although there were some actual physicists involved in working out the numbers of it it's still sci-fi fantasy i think that's
0: what put me off right so there was right. a lot of noise made about the black hole and all the calculations of gravity and the contributions to real science and blah 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 Which is great, but what that ended up being was like a couple of shots where of a like mirror-like space. Yeah, yeah. and then meanwhile there was the whole pushing books thing, and it's like,
1: yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what they had to do with that. I don't know. Yeah, probably nothing. Uh, But I think I think the scene on the the planet that seems to be entirely a very shallow sea Mm. is really effective. It's really cool. The massive thing of
0: the time disappearing time, yeah oh,
1: it's terrifying. so bad because they leave the guy on the ship yeah and he's really old and they're like why didn't you go into cryosleep he said well i did several times but I, you can't stay in there for that long
0: mm.
1: so uh yeah i mean he just looks utterly aghast where have you yeah. been you know kind very of uncomfortable
0: isn't it though? yeah very uncomfortable I think the whole film is very uncomfortable
1: yeah it is I mean there's more to it than than I think interested to hear what you say when you rewatch
0: yeah I'm going to give it a proper go although if it's just the kids moaning all the way through it then it'll be worse than last time but we'll see
1: well I mean if they moan through it you can just tell them to shut up right
0: yeah I do that just enjoy it (laughs) it doesn't work
1: (laughs) just enjoy it kids (laughs) it's just a movie
0: yeah it's long so I'm not sure they'll put up with it but yeah right
1: yeah fair enough
0: Anyway, yeah, are, I'll report back if we ever do that.
1: Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> cool, I'm might, definitely going go to let you go to bed
0: now. Because, uh, we, listen, we had a couple of goes. We only got about five minutes in, but we had a couple of goes at recording. And then things And went then you
1: wrong, had to so. restart. And then my, then my audacity crashed. Yeah. So I had to go and get my other laptop. So I'm recording on a different laptop. But we did it. Fingers crossed that it worked. <laughs> yeah, we did it. We're about to use encryption for me to upload my file to your server.
0: Yeah, let's do it. see you next time thanks very much see you next time cheers then